Yes, it is. Welcome back. Thursday, August 26th, 2021. We were told this would be an easier year. We may have had another day that will live in infamy. I had a call from an old friend today I hadn't talked to in a while. And someone of relatively conservative temperament. And this person said to me, why are they doing this to us? Why are they doing this to us? And I thought in that question, we had the summation of part of the problem we in the West have as fundamentally decent human beings raised in a Judeo-Christian theology mindset and practice of habituation and humanity. Very few people have the energy or interest in trying to understand, much less know about, the heart of darkness that does beat amongst the evil and the barbaric. And this is one of the reasons Bill Bennett and I proposed three years after 9-11 that we put together a museum of terrorism so that we shall never forget and so that we might say yet again, perhaps in vain, never again. The failure to understand and take seriously ideology will be the failure of the West. When Marxists speak in the name of imposing Marxism and Marxist ideology, I take it seriously, and the world suffers when it doesn't. When radical Islamists, let's call them what they are, when Islamofascists threaten us, I take it seriously, and I take them seriously, though too many in the world don't and don't want to. No one took seriously bin Laden in 1997 except for a handful of people, a handful of people. Ours is an enemy we wrote, Bill and I did, in the fight of our lives that straps bombs to children, that shoots nuns and burns churches in Africa, that blows up subways in Great Britain, that bobs trains in Spain and kills documentarians in Amsterdam, and that will put the price on the head of a cartoonist in Denmark that goes on hotel and synagogue shooting rampages in India, that engages and justifies honor killings from Amman, Jordan, to Irving, Texas. Ours is an enemy, enemy whose institutions and universities teach that Jews are pigs and monkeys, that men and women should be punished to death, stoned for adultery, or that Muslims must fight the world to spread the religion. Ours is an enemy that doesn't care about borders and has supporters and sleeper cells throughout the world. Ours is an enemy whose noxious doctrines are disseminated by those we can even call allies from time to time. That's why they do things like this, and this is what was unappreciated and is mostly underappreciated by those who have not taken the threat seriously. Those who don't think 
this is the fight of our lives. Those who don't think the Haqqani Network and Al-Qaeda and ISIS and ISIS-K and Hezbollah and Iran and the Wahhabist fascists from in Saudi Arabia or Pakistan, when they say things, I tend to think they're not joking or saying them for no reason. President Biden addressed the nation today, took a few questions for the first time in a long time, and I'm going to urge every American who cares about America, never mind our troops, never mind our reputation abroad, to go back and watch your commander-in-chief today. Just go back and watch that press conference. If you didn't see it, you tell me, is this the press conference you would hope for from a commander-in-chief from a strong and proud nation? And what is the worst killing of American soldiers, servicemen, in a decade, on a single day? In a decade, on a single day. Peter Ducey asked the president today, said, you say the buck stops here. Does the buck stop with you? He said, I take fundamental responsibility for everything. Until two sentences later when he decided to blame Donald Trump for striking the deal that Joe Biden then said he had to work off of. I find it really interesting that of everything the Biden administration has wanted to upend vis-a-vis the previous administration, everything they have wanted to do a 180 on, whether it has to do with judicial appointments or environmental controls or energy dependence or pipelines or relationships with China or immigration or the Abraham Accords, every tax policy, every single thing the Biden administration found in the Trump administration, it wanted to upend except this. Except this is the one thing Joe Biden was going to rigidly adhere to was the plan that he inherited from Donald Trump. Let me tell you something, folks. As my friend says, stop with the analysis. Do the math. Joe Biden has been president for nearly eight months. Eight months. He talks about a Trump plan That was scheduled for May. Well, what happened in May? Joe Biden was president. Did he extend it? Did he not extend it? Or did he comply with it? Why he is talking about the Trump administration in the negative has nothing to do with improving his Harry Truman-esque stature of the buck stopping with him. It has everything to do with him not meaning at all that he thinks it should or does. At his press conference today, let me back that sentence up. I have said for a while now that when it comes to the coronavirus, there's not anything the preferred scientists, you know, the Fauci's and CDC's have said that is held for two months or more. Not one thing of import that is held for longer than two months. Not one. When it comes to Joe Biden, I'm not sure what he says can hold within the same press conference. Will you give me Biden cut one bill that you did today from the press conference? Here's what you need to know. These ISIS terrorists will not win. 
We will rescue the Americans in there. We will get our Afghan allies out. And our mission will go on. America will not be intimidated. And I have the utmost confidence in our brave service members who continue to execute this mission with courage and honor to save lives and get Americans, our partners, our Afghan allies out of Afghanistan. Now, that's his commitment today in his press conference. He said it, every American and every ally. That's what he said in his press conference. Then why would you say this in the same press conference? Clip two. I know of no conflict as a student of history, no conflict where when a war was ending, one side was able to guarantee that everyone they wanted to be extracted from that country would get out. And think about it, folks. I think it's important. For, I know the American people get this in their gut. This, this, is, this is the weakest trumpet I've ever heard. The weakest trumpet I have ever heard. We will get everyone out, including U.S. soldiers, citizens, and our allies, to end the press conference by saying, as a student of history, we can't guarantee that very thing I just said we will do. Remind me why Donald Trump was impeached the first time. It's a phone call to the Ukraine. Is that what it was? It's a phone call to the Ukraine. He was impeached over a phone call to the Ukraine. Let that sit there for a moment. Let that sit there for a moment. My phone number is 602-508-0960. There's a lot more to talk about, and I know there's a lot on your mind. Give us a buzz. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602-508-0960. I um, should have started the show. I didn't. Should have. By um, sending a communal well-wishing from this audience and myself to the families of the 13 U.S. service members who lost their lives today. I was thinking of the letter to Mrs. Bixby, Abraham Lincoln wrote, when he learned of a mother who lost several children in battle. He writes, I feel how weak and fruitless must be any word of mine which should attempt to beguile you from the grief of a loss so overwhelming, but I cannot refrain from tendering you the con consolation that may be found in the thanks of the republic they died to save. I pray that our Heavenly Father may assuage the anguish of your bereavement and leave you only the cherished memory of the loved and lost and the solemn pride that must be yours to have laid so costly a sacrifice. We'll talk a little bit more a little bit later about this notion of dying in vain, something Abraham Lincoln also gave as a phrase to the American people in commemorating Gettysburg. But before I go to your calls, I just want to point out one last somber thing. Math. 
in all the comparisons to Saigon. Again, you've heard me say it's not about the pictures. It's about what comes next. It's about the next five years. I want everyone to be a student of history. As Joe Biden says, he is. Isn't that what he said to us, Bill? He's a student of history. I'll take his word for it. I don't know whose history. But in the awfulness of fleeing Saigon, we lost two soldiers. Two. There's a lot of other ugliness, but in that evacuation, we lost two. I was thinking of Operation Eagle Claw. Does anyone remember Desert One, 1979, the failed hostage rescue attempt under Jimmy Carter? We lost eight. We lost eight. This is worse than Saigon and Desert One together. As a student of history, I just thought we should know that. The microphone is yours. John in Peoria, hello, sir. How are you, Seth? Sir, I am fine. Um, my country really isn't. That's uh, Dennis Prager's uh, thought, and it should be everybody's thought today. Yep. I've been sick to my soul for for two weeks now. Seth. I've been in the funk, and I think a lot of Americans have been in that uh, ascribe to our, and maybe even, you know, liberals. I mean, except for the leftists. Maybe they're in joy about this, because I know they're probably... There was some sickening guy on MSNBC. I don't know if you saw that article or not. Um, that made a comment, oh, deal with it, or something like that. And he's getting a, a, a lot of... I don't know who he is. Did you hear about that? I don't no? think I did. Yeah, but he made a sickening comment. Uh, some leftist made a sickening comment, oh, deal with it, or some hmm. something to that. I don't... Don't quote me. I'm, I'm sort of paraphrasing. Okay. There. okay. But um, but I've been in a funk. Now, oh, I, I see the story people... now. I see it. I see it. John, sorry to interrupt. We're, we'll have all our time we need. Let me just update the audience on what you're talking about. Left-wing and MSNBC intelligence analyst Malcolm Nance initially downplayed Thursday's suicide bombing, telling his nearly one million Twitter followers to deal with it before he then deleted the tweet. Okay. That's MSNBC's intelligence That's why analyst. That's I said. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry, Seth. No, it, there's me. nothing to be sorry um, about. I Listen, if someone tells me to deal with something, just, I'm dealing with it. Here's how I would deal with it. Here's how I would deal with it. Rather, rather than take Michael Hayden's advice of every Trump supporter having to go live under the Taliban, how about this guy go and try it? That's my that That's excellent. my way of dealing with it. I would I would shed Excellent. no tears if he went over there. Excellent, I agree with you a hundred percent. I'd even buy a ticket. I'd contribute right now. We'd start I'd that fund right now. Too bad there's no airport he can fly into. Yeah, exactly. Maybe we could just drop him out of the plane. Like well, we can do what Joe people. Biden says. You know, we'll we'll have an over the horizon mission. Perhaps we can land him <laughs> That's in right. Bangalore or something. And launch him yeah. out there. Yeah. Sorry. Anyway, go ahead. I, no, I went down, just a little side note, I went down to Tucson this week and I had uh, lunch with a uh, Navy SEAL, um, really strong and beautiful man um, who served many tours in Iraq. And actually he was at the event 
recently, I don't know if you had a chance to meet him or not, uh, that we had uh, just recently uh, in the summertime. I know the was event it? you mean with Seb Gorka and Mike Gallagher and Andy Biggs, right? Yes, exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. He yep. was there, mm-hmm. and he's running for Congress. And oh, he's a Navy SEAL. Oh, yeah, Eli, my friend Eli. Was... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I had lunch with Eli. Isn't uh, he amazing? Uh, Eli Crane? Yeah, I... That guy's his life is amazing. Everything you know about what? him is he, amazing. He may be he, the most gifted congressional candidate in this cycle. He may very I told well him be. I'm praying at night. I'm praying at night uh, to our Lord Jesus Christ that he gets elected. I'm literally doing that step. I, uh, I more, really and and more should join you. And I had a beautiful conversation with him. We had a great lunch together. We were down at BJ's. Um, in uh, uh, and what a man! I mean, what an unbelievable! And here's the thing: he has his charisma is a quiet charisma. Oh, he's his charisma until he starts to speak. Oh, he's and everything he you would want. When he starts to speak, you you want to keep on listening to him. I'm telling. Okay, you so that. this is the only thing that buoys me today, John. I have to tell you, and I'm glad you called with that note about Eli Crane. This is the only thing that buoys me. You and I may be prepared to live in a country. Very shortly, very shortly, where Larry Elder is the governor of California, Herschel Walker is a senator from Georgia, and Eli Crane is a congressman from Arizona. If I live in that country, I'm an optimist. Please, Lord. Please, Lord. Thank you, John. Yeah, thank you, Seth. No, thanks for bringing up Eli's name. We are going to turn this thing around like nothing like nothing, because it deserves it, and it needs it. And by it, I mean this country. And you're doing it, Seth, too. I've I'm, I'm got to extend your, by your voice being out there is doing it. Too. Well, you're very kind, John. I'm just a guy who's very, very, very emotional about the existential lasting of this country, because I think it matters and means something, as do you, of course, as do you. There are people that don't. We must defeat them. I'm Seth Leibson, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, 602-508-0960. Rick's in Phoenix. Hello, Rick. Hi there, Seth. How are you, sir? Thank you for taking my call. You bet. Say that call from John was like a light in the darkness, and I really appreciate him, appreciated him sharing the things that he did and your conversation with him. I uh, want to express my great appreciation to you for your monologue today for identifying <clears throat> identifying who and what our enemy is, and uh, reminding us of just how how terrible uh, an enemy we fight. And when I think about the president's speech uh, and talking about what has happened there, the word that comes to my mind is feckless. Feckless. Feckless, feckless comes from effective, having no effect. Right. Uh-huh. No, no effect. I, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. I think he and the Democrat leadership and party 
just do not know the meaning of decency and truth. And I was reminded of that quote that you have referred to on a few occasions from the miniseries on Chernobyl Uh about truth. Mm -hmm. This seems to fit their method of operation perfectly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This was a uh, quote you're referring to where the opening line uh, from one of the scientists, one of the truth-tellers in, um, in the explosion at uh, Chernobyl is, what is him asking, what is the cost of lies? It's not that we'll mistake them for the truth. The real danger is that if we hear enough lies, we will no longer recognize the truth at all. Right. We've been told a lot of lies. I mean, yeah. we're told them in real time. I, let, let me let me let me just explain something about this. And it's not petty; it really isn't. But there's a difference between what you heard today and that soundbite that opens the Seb Gorka show. I hear you. Our enemies hear you, and soon the rest of the world will hear you, and our enemies will hear us soon. That's a lot different than what you heard today. Yeah. A lot different. Yes. And I'll tell you something else, and it's not meant to be petty either. But we just accept lies from small to large now. Twice in a week, the vice president of the United States. People can dismiss this. They can laugh it off. They can do whatever they want. But the fact of the matter is we may have a succession issue in this country. You better be paying attention to who the VP is, okay? We may have a succession issue in this country. And I would have said that two years ago. I would have said it four years ago. I would have said it eight, ten, twelve. In any presidency, you may have a succession problem. You may have one now. You may have one now or an Uh issue. And so the vice president of the United States twice this week from Singapore and Vietnam says this administration has no greater focus and is focused on nothing other than Afghanistan. Why the hell is she in Vietnam and Singapore? Yeah. Well, 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 someone might say, well, with what's going on in Afghanistan, she's there to boost our allies and understand that there's an important aspect to a different kind of Asia. That might be a rational explanation in normal times. It might be. Here's the thing. That's not what the administration said. I'm quoting you from the U.S. Embassy. Quote, Vice President Kamala Harris is in Singapore and Vietnam from August 22 to 26 to strengthen relationships. And during this trip, the vice president is in, has engaged the leaders of both governments on issues of mutual interest, including regional security. Okay. Yeah. The global response to COVID-19, climate change and our joint efforts to promote a rules-based international order. The vice president will also affirm and celebrate the strong cultural and people-to-people ties between the U.S. and these countries. Does that sound to you like a vice president in Asia focused on Afghanistan? Or is she focused on Afghanistan by going to California up until two hours ago, planning to go to California today for a rally for Gavin Newsom up until two hours ago? since canceled. Is this an administration that you think is focused on Afghanistan? 
Or do you think this is an administration that wishes it would just go away and that we would too? Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, 602-508-0960. Hi, Mike. Seth, this is getting, this is, never mind. We have to stop thinking like ourselves and start thinking like them. Because we're not going to bring them around to our line of thinking. If we're going to get in their head and we're going to defeat these people, we have to think how they think. They are dedicated. They are willing to sacrifice themselves to advance their cause. God bless the Marines and the corpsmen and all the wounded people there. Uh, Your previous caller, he threw out the word feckless. I'd like to drop another F-bomb on the Biden administration. It's called flaccid. It's flat. No response. Yeah. Weak tea at the best. Absolutely. And uh, maybe one, a book that I could recommend. It's called The Black Banners, and it's by Ali Soufan, S-O-U-F-A-N. Okay. He, he spent his first 14 years in Lebanon, and with the Civil War, he migrated with his family to the United States. He became a agent with the Federal Bureau of Investigation, and he had a big hand in interrogating or questioning until the CIA stepped in and and started roughing these people up, but because he knew what how they thought, he could speak their language. He got into their heads and was able to question these people. Them sit the bad guys sitting on one side of the table and him sitting on the other side, and started questioning these people all about the embassy bombings, all about the coal all about, and this was before 9-11, and everything really kicked off. I would highly recommend it, The Black Banners by Ali Soufan, S-O-U-F-A-N, and it'll really open your eyes on um, what's been going on about the real story behind the scenes of 9-11. God bless the Marines and the corpsmen, and don't just forget about the ones who passed, but all the ones that were wounded, you I bet. understand that after this suicide vest went off, you bet. they opened fire and killed scores yep. more of people. You bet. All of them. You bet. Thank these, you, these, that, it, It's America. a very good point, Mike, and thank you for the reference. But it's a very good point. When we talk about the deaths, we must also remember the wounded and the injuries. Somewhere in history, and I'm not sure when, we put this all together and called them casualties. Casualties doesn't necessarily mean death, though. So I tend to, I tend to try and divide the two. But you're absolutely right, Mike. There's no question that um, that, that 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 our our soldiers. Well, let me just put it this way: they don't have a commander in chief as good as they are. That's what I believe. I believe that our soldiers do not have a commander-in-chief as good as they are. One step further, I don't think the American people have a president of the United States as good as they are. Aristotle, in his, uh, I guess it's in his politics, talks about the character of the regime is is shaped by the character of the people. And that the character of the people in turn can be shaped 
by the character of the regime. Heaven help us if the character of the people is shaped by this regime. Heaven help us. Mike is in Scottsdale. Hello, Mike. Uh, hi, Seth. Um, I had three things I wanted to uh, say. The, the first one was, uh, and I call in um, every once in a while and, and ask you to play John Wayne's hyphenated America. You were the one who introduced me to it, right? Yes. Yeah, and I don't think I, I knew it before you brought it to my attention. I, I would love to hear that again. I haven't heard it for a while. And, okay. Uh, I think it would be an important thing to uh, to play. Um, also, the other thing is uh, I have, and, and then I wanted to also leave with you with something that I hope will make you smile. Uh, but uh, this one was, the, the, the other thing was um, uh, I have, a, uh, I think, the greatest threat to America. I keep hearing the greatest threat is China. Uh, the greatest threat is Iran. Uh, greatest threat is Russia. I I agree with all those things, but I think an even greater threat to America, and has been for a long time, and nobody ever really picks up on it, is the mainstream media. Um, and the reason I say that is because they never um, help America. They always do everything they can not to help America. If they, if they did their job, I don't. I truly don't think we'd be in this position. What do you think? Uh, I'm with you, Bill. Do you have handy the Joe Biden audio we isolated for today? About uh, that, you know, when when he was questioned routinely during the campaign about his acuity and his agility. He would say things like, just watch me. Remember that? Just watch me. If you think I'm dull, if you think my senses are dulled, if you think I've lost pace, if you think I've lost a step, just watch me. That's what he would say again and again. Do you remember that, Mike? Yes, I do, and he was right. <laughs> watch this interview that somehow I got off CBS, but I don't remember at the time. Go ahead, Bill. I am, uh, I am very willing to let the American public judge my physical and mental fil- my physical as well as my mental fitness Uh and uh, to, uh, you know, to make a judgment about who I am and what what state of affairs I have, what what kind of physical shape I'm in, what kind of mental shape I'm in. What kind of state of affairs I have. Mike, um, we warned. We were warned. We did our best to warn. And... I saw a bumper sticker yesterday, Mike. I said, don't blame me. I voted for Trump. We'll probably see more of those. <laughs> I, I saw one that said, don't blame me. I voted for the American. Yeah. <laughs> no. You said you had another couple points or thoughts? I did. Uh, just one. Uh, uh, you you had uh, mentioned Kamala, and um, you called her uh, Kamala. Uh, I would like to just, Did I say uh, Kamala? Throw... You did. I and should I, say I, Kamala. I, I wanted to throw out something just to help everybody remember her name. You say it not like Kamala. You can compare that to capitalist, Kamala, capitalist. You say it Kamala, like communist. It's actually Kamala, like Kamala. It's Kamala. That's what she said. Kamala, but I I just add the Okay. Okay. (laughs) Help help me remember it. Yeah. And thirdly... That was it. We got it. All right, Mike. Thank you very much. I love it when we can um, can uh, can be uh, can do do our work with dispatch. I have a lot more to say, and uh, I know a lot of you do as well. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero is the number. Do I have time for one more in this segment? 
No, we'll do it on the other side. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602-508-0960. Peter is in Tempe. Hello, Peter. Hi, Seth. I am very saddened today by this news. This is uh, it's frightening and very bothersome that uh, our president can stand up there and say this is not his fault. It's the fall of the previous president, mm-hmm. and that instead of calling, well, they are heroes to follow orders, and I get that, but they're his victims. They're his victims, as well as the rest of us who are um, who are suffering under these fools who don't realize the value of individuality that our Constitution provides, and this, I think, is largely a smokescreen so Nancy could get that $3.5 trillion package through the House. I think they did a marvelous job at blowing up Afghanistan and sacrificing a bunch of people to get that done in their march towards Marxism. And it really sickens me that he would call them heroes. And I was just waiting for him, uh, uh, some person in the White House, to come out with a little bowl of water so he could symbolically wash his hands like Pontius Pilate. I was just horrified by his speech. This is anything but a leader, and it is such a poor leader who blames his current choices and actions on his predecessor, who paved the way for an orderly leaving of Afghanistan with everyone out before military. And this guy deliberately threw that under the bus. And it's my opinion, it's time to throw these, fill in the blank with whatever you like, under the bus by whatever means necessary. Do you find it, Peter, a sign of um, absence, a sign of emptiness, vacuity and vacuum, that the president couldn't speak to us until 3 and and until 2.30 today? It's beyond that. It is beyond that. That is uh, the the the, the reason I ask there. that. The reason I ask that is because you used the word distraction, and I like it. It's a good word. And the reason I ask that, Peter, is because <clears throat> is because I was looking all day at the White House website for their statement on Afghanistan, and until two thirty, until two thirty. The only thing they had posted today was a 10-paragraph proclamation on women's equality. That's it. That's it. That's what they cared about here today. You know where they don't give two dams about women's equality? In the government we're partnering with and begging for forgiveness from in Afghanistan that we gave power to. See what kind of proclamations honoring women's equality they do there. 